MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. America rolls on from the South Point here in Las Vegas. I'm Adam Candy from the eastern coast of the United States. It is Scott Seidenberg as we get ready for some UFC chat with Reed Kuhn in just a couple of minutes here on Betting Across America. Let's get you updated on Major League Baseball here first. Uh, Scott, uh, right in your neck of the woods, the New York Yankees are in some trouble, but our bets are not. Uh, the Mariners <laughs> have a four to one lead over the Yankees in the bottom of the second inning. Uh, we talked about the struggles of Andrew Heaney, who came over from the angels at the trade deadline. And those have continued thus far for New York. Uh, the Mariners were just a couple of inches away from a grand slam that would have put them up by five runs. And now they are leading by three here in the bottom of the second. Uh, you have the Mariners on the run line. I have the Chris Flexion and the Mariners plus 140 in the first five live betting at the moment. Uh, Mariners minus 245 Yankees plus 185 with a total of 13 and a half. 
Wow. Yeah, and this total was 10 to start the game, so 13.5 is just tremendous. Uh, it was, the total was kind of one that I was taking a look at. Uh, Mariners' team total was the one that I would say was the lean here because the Mariners were the play uh, from the get-go going up against Haney, but also concerned about the Yankees' bullpen. They used nine pitchers last night to get through that game in extra innings. It was a bullpen day to start with, and then they just went into extra innings, so they needed to keep using guys. They did not use Araldis Chapman, but they did use Chad Green and Zach Britton, so I was concerned about the availability of some of the arms out of the Yankee bullpen today, which is why I lean towards backing Flexen and the Mariners at that plus a run and a half, but on the money line, probably would have been even sweeter as they have a 4-1 lead right now. Yeah, and the Yankees uh, lineup was already a little bit shorthanded today. Glaber Torres uh, getting a rest day for New York as they've won the first two games of this series against Seattle, who they are battling with in the wild card. Uh, they will get a base runner there as Tyler Wade bunts his way on for the Yankees. But earlier today, Aroldis Chapman was placed on the injured list with left elbow inflammation. So, Scott, you mentioned already the Yankees having bullpen trouble with them being so short from the bullpen day yesterday. And now you take Aroldis Chapman, who threw 30 pitches on Thursday night out of the mix. They might not have a choice but to let Andrew Haney die on the vine out here today and uh, eat up some innings against Chris Flexen, who has been pretty solid for Seattle thus far this year. Yeah, and, and, you know, it's one of those games where you just might have to take a shot and just do that and see if your offense can back you and you can win a slugfest. Uh, but if not, don't waste your arms in the pen because you're going to need them moving forward. And especially in the back end of the bullpen, I expect the Yankees to use Chad Green and Zach Britton as the uh, closers until Araldis Chapman comes back. And, and I don't think it's that big of an injury for the Yankees. Sure, you love to have that guy. Whenever you have a three-headed monster in the bullpen, you know, you go back to uh, – the Joe Torre Yankees, uh, that was kind of their formula, right? Was having that three-headed monster and making games six innings long, uh, whether it was uh, Paul Quantrill and then, um, you know, uh, Flash Gordon and Mariano Rivera, and that's how Joe Torre used to use it. And then look at what the Royals did using their bullpen when they went to the back-to-back uh, -back World Series. So uh, if you can shorten a game and have that three-headed monster, what the Yankees were trying to do with Chad Green, Zach Britton, and Araldis Chapman, that's a rest to be for success. Now you remove uh, the biggest piece there in Araldis Chapman. I don't think it's a big loss, but it's, they certainly will feel it. Scott, we were getting along so well, and then you had to go mention Paul Quantrill and Flash Gordon, who gave up the two biggest home runs of the 2004 ALCS against Boston. Uh, I, I'm going to prefer to go with the three-headed monster of Stanton, Nelson, and Rivera uh, for the Yankees from back in the, the late 90s. I know I'm a little older. So uh, you, don't want me to to you, you don't want me to reference uh, the, the, the Tanyan-Sturtz uh, error for the Yankees as well? By the way, Quantrill and Sturtz, two guys that Joe Torre absolutely blew out their arms because he used them Every single day. Oh, yeah. Scott, oh, Scott Proctor would like a word with you as well. Uh, if we're going to talk about the uh, the old Yankees days like that. A little threat going now is Rob Brantley, the uh, the third string catcher, takes a pitch off the elbow. And now DJ LeMahieu up as the potential tying run in this game. 4-1 Mariners. Uh, the run line has flipped. It is now uh, Seattle in the one and a half, minus 120. Uh, we talked earlier that Scott has the run line in his favor, uh, getting the run and a half today as the Yankees went off as $2 favorites behind Andrew Heaney. I didn't think the line made any sense uh, especially with a lineup that uh, the New York Yankees were throwing out there here today in the Bronx. It is VEASAN's betting across America, live from Las Vegas and the tri-state area. Adam Candy and Scott Seidenberg switching gears now from baseball over to UFC 2. 
65. He has been kind enough the last few weekends to give us a little bit of his time. And Reed Kuhn joins us now to talk about the card here tonight. Find his work at Fightnomics on Twitter. You can find the Fightnomics book as well. You can also see his work at ESPN. Reed, a pleasure to have you with us. Um, I have to start with the important stuff first. Last week, you said you were getting the tri-tip ready for a big day on the Saturday. Do you have anything growing up here this afternoon? We're hoping the rain, the rain's going to go away, but I'm planning some burgers. I'm going uh, mushroom brie burgers tonight uh, for a big bite card. I usually try to do something special, something new for a big pay-per-view event. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Um, and uh, I will just uh, I will watch closely on my email later to see if that invite rolls in. Just let me know. Uh, <laughs> got a big card coming up here with the UFC 265. Uh, we'll start with... Uh, the main event uh, with Gunn and Lewis, uh, not the same Derek Lewis, of course, that uh, that we've seen in the past as, uh, as the age gets up there a little bit. But uh, how are you handicapping the main event tonight? Yeah, no surprise. I mean, this is um, Gunn is going to have the advantages pretty much everywhere in the cage, both standing and on the mat. But who has the best power on this entire card? It's Derek Lewis by a long shot. Uh, and arguably just one of the most dangerous single-strike hitters in the UFC right now. So Derek Lewis always has a puncher's chance, and for him, that puncher's chance is usually you know pretty good. I don't see it above 20% here. Um, I think Shirogane wins you know four out of five, uh, doesn't get caught. I'm hoping that he keeps his distance. He's a very technical striker. He has better accuracy, better defense, better pace. Uh, Lewis is just waiting to land that bomb, and, and if Gon prepared for that properly, he'll be able to weather that storm. So I think eventually Gon gets a finish. It could even come on the ground. He has been known to take people down and go for submissions, surprising giving his kickboxing profile. But um, I, I don't see it going the distance. Somebody's going to finish this fight. I do think it's going to be Gon, uh, but I'm not going to overpay too much uh, for, for that price. Lewis is still a live dog. So when you take a look at those factors, throw in the fact that Lewis has failed to go the distance in any five-round fight and his lack of stamina, how long do you see this fight going? That's a tricky one um, because we could see a feeling out process in the beginning. And Lewis is not going to get into a barn burner right out of the gates. He's not going to, he, he averages fewer strikes than anybody on this card by a lot. He actually averages less than half of what Gane puts out on a typical round uh, while they're standing. So, but if Gane is cautious and he's feeling him out and maybe trying to clinch with him a little bit to tire Lewis down, that could stretch the beginning of the fight. And that's kind of what I'm hoping for. I hope Gane doesn't get too aggressive and leave his chin out there. So I'm hoping he drags it into the second and third round. But after that point, if he is doing the proper work and, and weighing on Lewis, I think he is going to slow down. He always does. And uh, if he hasn't hit the bomb yet, he's probably going to get finished on the ground or maybe even a submission. Read two of the uh, stronger plays in terms of uh, your leans here today involving Pedro Munoz and uh, Lonzo Menafield. Uh, why are you so high on those two guys tonight? Uh, well, Manyfield is a little easier to answer than the other one. Um, but Manyfield is, you know, at light heavyweight, there's a lot of finishing potential. He's fighting Ed Herman, who is now on the wrong side of 40, pushing 41. Um, that's just a dangerous place to be at light heavyweight. And he used to compete in a smaller division at middleweight, and he's gone up. Um, so Herman has taken a lot of damage. He's been around a long time in the UFC. He's been in some brawls. 
Um, I just, he has some of the worst head strike defense of any fighter on the card and facing someone with knockdown power like Menefield, that's a bad equation. Now, Herman does have the ground game. He is pretty savvy with submissions. Um, and I'm just thinking that Menefield with a takedown defense of 93%, that's hopefully going to stand up to that. And so the more swings he gets, Menefield eventually is going to catch him. So I, I see Menefield winning this fight, um, whether it's with his you know, conditioning or just volume. I also think he's going to get a finish. So I feel pretty strongly about that one. Uh, Munoz is a trickier one. I mean, that guy, he's, he's racked up some good wins against high-level competition. He's lost some squeakers against title-caliber guys like Frankie Edgar, Aljamain Sterling, uh, and those are either past or current champions. So he is at this level, and here he is taking on a champion. I would discount it slightly because part of my data is including Jose Aldo at featherweight, where he was pretty much constantly fighting the cream of the crop. Um, so we're not really taking that strength of schedule into account here, but given that the numbers have a lean towards Munoz and we're getting practically coin flip money on him, I'm going to take that value and, uh, and hope he pulls, off, pulls it off because this guy probably is destined for a title shot one day. So no surprise that the money has kind of faded away from Aldo and gone towards Munoz because Aldo opened up as a much heavier favorite than what we're seeing at right now. Yeah, I, I think you you look at the pedigree, you know, you see that name, and this guy was the champ for so long, he looked unstoppable. And even fairly recently, you, you think he's fading with age, but he's actually still kind of in his prime. And that, that fight with uh, Volkanovski was wild. Um, and so uh, he's still got it, and uh, he's dangerous. He's still dangerous, don't get me wrong. Um, I, I just feel like Munoz is really elevating his game uh, he overcame a loss against Jimmy Rivera early in his career. He came back and dominated. He's putting people down. So I think Munoz is more the future of that division. Um, so we'll see if this is a changing of guard. Still, it's still a dangerous matchup. Reed Kuhn at Fightnomics on Twitter, the book Fightnomics. You can find his work both at ESPN and in Point Spread Weekly right here at VEASAN. You can get that at VEASAN. Dot com. Uh, read a handful of other plays that uh, you're in on here tonight. Why don't you run down what else you like on the UFC 265 card? Yeah, also on the main card, uh, Michael Chiesa is a very slight underdog. I think um, he may have been a bigger underdog earlier, if I'm not mistaken. But he has a chance to win this because of the striker-grappler um, matchup. That's it's a classic matchup. Vicente is clearly the better striker. If Chiesa can't get it on the ground, then he's going to be in trouble because uh, Luque is going to run away with it there. But can he keep it on the feet? Chiesa has proven that he is willing to drag people down, um, regardless of uh, booing or a slow fight. Like he is simply a better wrestler than most fighters. And when he did that against Neil Magny for five rounds, I mean that was absolute dominance. It's the, the stat that jumps out at me is 40% of all of Michael Chiesa's fight time is on the ground controlling his opponent. That means two, out of, two minutes out of every round, he is owning someone on the ground. And that's, that's hard to beat. I mean, you have to stand out on the feet and keep it off the ground uh, in order to beat Chiesa. Uh, so if he can drag this down two out of three rounds, survive when he is standing, I like his chances for an upset. I see it as fairly close, but again, at even money, I'll go with the lean on Chiesa and hope he drags it into heavy water, deep waters. 
Do you have a, a long shot play? Not, I don't say long shot, but a good plus money value play on somebody on this card to maybe win by a knockout or win by a submission that you can get upwards of uh, plus 200 or more? Uh, well, Bobby Green by decision would be interesting to me. Um, he's a fairly big underdog to Rafael Fiziev. Um, but Bob Green's been around for a while. He's he's wildly volatile in terms of living up to potential. I think he's kind of performed poorly when he was expected to do well and vice versa. Um, so here he is at a, a long dog, a long shot underdog uh, chance. I think he actually could pull the upset. I see it closer to the coin flip. I, I'm not sure if I would pick him outright, but at plus 250 or something like that, I'll take a shot there. And if he does it, it's probably because he – stretches the fight out, slows everything down. He has a way of fighting that way. Uh, kind of frustrating to watch. He's always no-selling the punches. Um, but I, he could drag this out and then force it to a decision and maybe get a split decision there. So that would be an interesting prop. In terms of a finish, um, you know, Alonzo Manyfield, the favorite, I think a TKO there would be interesting. Uh, also, Gane by submission. I mean, that is a almost lottery pick type of play. I mean, plus uh, 1,200, I think it was running at one point, maybe even higher. Um, so that would be an interesting one because if he gets it down, Lewis doesn't have the submission defense. And even though Gane was a, a striker, he actually has been submitting people and is pretty capable in that position. And he might choose to take it down specifically because of Lewis's power. So that's an interesting prop to me. Um, so yeah, those are a few of the, the higher plus money angles. Reed, wow, I might do that one. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, yeah. Reed, you, you, you mentioned uh, you mentioned a moment ago you were talking about uh, percentage on takedown defense uh, earlier, and I think that just gives us an angle to talk about the way that you view UFC and the way that you do your research and, and the information that you use. For those who have not had an opportunity uh, to check out your work uh, in the past, maybe tell them a little bit more about your system and how uh, how you evaluate. Yeah, so I'm using performance data, the same data that goes into the, what you see on TV with significant strikes and things like that. But I am trying to isolate by position. So the fight metric statistical system breaks everything down by two fighters fighting at a distance, in the clinch, on the ground. So I'm trying to correct for position and then specifically look at striking outputs and or defense by position and even maybe even by target. So, you know, how good is your head strike avoidance from a distance? That's really a lot of MMAs, two guys striking from a distance. So understanding who is accurate, who has good defense, those are important dynamics. Also just the, the rate at which they work, how efficient they are in delivering damage. And then on the mat, kind of the same thing, you know, how good are they? getting people down, being in a controlling position, and their control time counts. And that's something you might see on the TV screen, uh, and that is counted down to the fraction of a second. Uh, so who is in a dominant position, who is in half guard, side control, back control, all these different positions are counted. So I'm usually looking to see where are the imbalances, the asymmetries between two fighters, where is someone good, where on the opposite side, his opponent is uh, not as good in that exact same area. And that could be an opportunity. What about any handicaps for this card tonight that's maybe not in the numbers for you? Yeah, one thing is uh, people switching weight classes. And so with some of the changes in weight cutting rules and the ban on IVs after weight cuts, I think a lot of guys switched class a few years ago. Um, so I'm still seeing some fighters who really establish themselves in one weight class 
and they're now moving up a division fighting different size athletes. And then sometimes it's vice versa. You have someone relatively new who realizes they should get better at cutting weight and they go down. So when there's that type of switch, I'm trying to look at it and think, all right, well, who were they fighting before? Who are they fighting now? Um, do I feel like I should discount or inflate some of their prior performances based on who they're going to face? I mean, moving up a division is dangerous, right? You're now facing larger opponents. Had you been beating or at least competing, being competitive with similar sized guys, you know, in a higher weight class, and now you move down and you're the bigger guy, all of a sudden that feels like an advantage and maybe I shouldn't um, penalize them for earlier losses. So that's something that's not in there. And then everything, this is an individual sport, you know, someone trains for months and they get in that cage on fight night, you never know what they're hiding. Injuries, sickness, bad weight cuts, um, those things obviously would take a toll on a fighter and they're going to affect how they fight. And that's not in there. We're taking a purely statistical view here. Um, but certainly if, if you're a student of the sport and you know the fighters in their camps, maybe you're paying attention to that, uh, who doesn't quite look right on fight night. That, you know, I, I've seen it myself. I, I try not to bet that way. Uh, but those are definitely confounding factors that would, you know, give me pause. But um, that's why I try to stick with the numbers. Reed Kuhn at Fightnomics uh, on Twitter. The book is Fightnomics. Find him in Point Spread Weekly ESPN uh, all over the place. He guarantees the picks or else he will make you either mushroom brie burgers or tri-tip. Uh, you'll have to contact him directly to arrange that, though. I guarantee, I guarantee you will probably see a photo of it on Twitter at some point tonight. That's, uh, that's kind of my, like, I'm now relaxing. I'm, I'm just watching the cards. The hard work is done. And uh, I'm going to pop a photo up there, just a little eye candy uh, for the foodies out there. I love it. I love it, dude. Well, we appreciate that. And we'll look forward to those pictures and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot, guys. Enjoy the fights. <laughs> Uh, it's uh, Reed Kuhn on UFC. Updating you quickly on uh, Major League Baseball. Seattle still leading the New York Yankees 4-1. to one. Uh, Only one other game uh, just about to get going here at the moment. White Sox and Cubs will go first pitch in about five minutes. That's Carlos Rodon as a $2 favorite against Adbert Alzale, plus 170 uh, at Wrigley Field with a total of 8.5. Scott, any leans or plays for you there? Uh, it would be Chicago run line or, or stay away. Um, I think Chicago, if you look at their success on the run line this season versus the Cubs' success at home or lack of success at home on the run line, plus the fact that you know you always want to take the road favorite in if you're going to lay a run and a half. So I do like the fact that the the White Sox will get that ninth inning at bat, uh, and then you're just back in Rodon just to limit the Cubs' bats, a team that sold at the trade deadline, and give me the favorite here to win by more than two. See, I like that there. I like the way you went after that because um, originally you said you like Chicago on the run line. And I thought, that is a smart man. He's covering yeah. both sides of this thing. He's got it. The Genius. White Sox and the Cubs, no matter, no matter who you bet on, Scott told you, bet Chicago on the run line. You're safe. I like it. Can't can't lose. No, you can't lose. Uh, Red Sox and Blue Jays, uh, we've covered that game. They'll get going in a little bit. Uh, let's talk for a second about the Mets and the Phillies. That's Tyler McGill against Ranger Suarez at Citizens Bank. Uh, minus 120 on Suarez. McGill, even money for the Mets. Tyler McGill's been pretty good for New York. 
He's been very good, uh, with the exception of his last outing, which he gave up four runs to the Marlins. But prior to that, uh, look at his game logs. One run, zero runs, zero runs, one run, one run. He has been excellent for them. I think the Mets, as a uh, small underdog here, is worth the play. If you want to lay the juice, you can get the Mets at plus a run and a half. Well, should be very interesting to see how the rest of that series plays out as the Phillies have now uh, grabbed onto the National League East. More when we come back here in just a moment. Adam Candy, Scott Seidenberg here on Betting Across America from Visa. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. 
So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. football season just around the corner it's time to get into betmgm sports nevada premier sports betting app betmgm has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting boost and odds specials and much more download the betmgm app today and stop by any mgm casino on the strip with your state issued id to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in nevada whatever your sport whatever your betting style you're going to love betmgm's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week visit betmgm for terms and conditions must be 21 or older and physically located in nevada please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 vsin's betting across america continues here from vsin and vsin.com adam candy and scott seidenberg got the west coast the east coast covered as we look forward to some of the effects of some big contracts that have been either signed or are expected to be signed here over the coming days just to recap in case you've been you know enjoying vacation with your family or doing the normal summer things that uh, we instead spend our time buried in sports news learning about. Uh, Jimmy Butler is going to max out with the Heat for four years, $184 million. Uh, Similar numbers for Kevin Durant to extend with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, There were some rumors that Kawhi Leonard might use some leverage to uh, get away from the Clippers, but he is expected to stay there. Let's start in the NBA here. Um, what are your thoughts, Scott, on this Miami Heat team? Because of the ones we just mentioned, they've done the biggest revamp in bringing in Kyle Lowry, uh, and now Jimmy Butler will stay to try to lead the cause here for another few years, even as he gets a little bit more up there in age. Yeah, uh, this is a Heat team. Look, they were great in the bubble, right? Um, Last season, not so much, but I think they do have championship aspirations in an Eastern Conference that is going to be extremely difficult for them to get past the big boys. You know, the Brooklyn Nets uh, are the favorite to win it all next year. Um, You have the defending champion Bucks as well. A couple other teams will be improved uh, as far as the playoff teams from last year, but this is a very good Heat team. Underrated signing was retaining Duncan Rob Robinson as well, good three and D guy. Uh, so there's a lot to like for this Miami Heat team, but as far as their ceiling is concerned, um, you're probably looking at maybe the four seed in the Eastern Conference, the three seed at the best, because I don't think you're getting past uh, Brooklyn or Milwaukee. That really is the calculus right now for any team in the Eastern Conference is do you think you have the firepower to keep up with the Brooklyn Nets who've Yes, they've traded Spencer Dinwiddie, but they've also gone out and added Patty Mills this offseason to Huge, hopefully yeah. having uh, those three guys at the top. Yeah, I think the adding shooting anywhere around that core is going to be uh, outstanding for Brooklyn. The other big contract, Scott, that we're looking forward to here, Josh Allen, six years, $253 million. And, of course, it's all funny money when we talk about guarantees in the NFL, but it kind of feels like Buffalo, even with only one really good year for Josh Allen, you have to do this, right? Like you have to sign this contract. He's shown you that there is at least elite play possible in there for him. And that doesn't come along often in the league. 
you have to have a quarterback. If you don't have a quarterback, you do not win. So it's one of those positions where you just got to pay for it. And uh, we we hear this term, we hear this being brought up every time a quarterback gets a new deal, right? It's not uh, it's not who you are; it's when you are, right? In terms of who's going to get the biggest money deal, and it's always the next quarterback up is the guy who's going to make the biggest deal ever. So it's one of those things where you just have to do it. It's supply and demand. You have to pay for it. Uh, For the Bills, it's a no-brainer. For any team, it's a no-brainer. And whenever you're talking about quarterback money, just throw it out the window because the money doesn't matter. You have to have it. You have to pay for it. That's all that matters. Keep in mind with what Scott just said, at various times, the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL has been Derek Carr. The highest-paid quarterback in the NFL has been Matthew Stafford. Uh, Jared mm-hmm. Goff was approaching those numbers as well. So it is really just a, mo- a matter of not being a prisoner of the moment. The Buffalo Bills win total is at 11. It is even juice both ways. Uh, we talked on primetime action a couple of weeks ago how we think minus 150 on the Buffalo Bills to win the AFC East is one of the best bets, not only in terms of division races, but in terms of NFL bets overall. Uh, not a lot of belief Uh, at least in my mind, about the potential for the Dolphins or the Patriots to take a step forward. And while the Jets, as we both talked about, might be good value on that alt-win total uh, over 7 at plus 220, still a year or two away from being serious contenders to make any noise in the division. Too many holes to keep up with a team like Buffalo that will be in the Super Bowl mix if they can get past Kansas City in the AFC. When we come back, we'll update some volatility in the races for the Major League Baseball Awards here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. episode of the Ron Flatter Racing Pod is focused on today's million-dollar Whitney Stakes at Saratoga. Trainer Kenny McPeak talks about sending his champion Philly Swiss skydiver against male rivals. Tim Wilkin of the Albany Times Union previews today's Saratoga card. Rampart Casino Sportsbook Director Dwayne Colucci handicaps weekend races at Saratoga and Del Mar. Subscribe now at iHeart, Apple, Google, Spotify, or Stitcher, or download it now at vcin.com slash podcast. The Ron Flatter Racing Pod is sponsored by First Bet. Thanks for spending part of your Saturday afternoon with us here on VEASAN, VEASAN.com, Fubo, Sling, wherever you happen to have found us. We're happy you're here. I'm Adam Candy in Las Vegas. Scott Seidenberg joins me from the East Coast where the New York Yankees have just been sat down in the bottom of the fourth inning, uh, at least the uh, second batter that is. I got ahead of myself there. (laughs) Through three and two-thirds is Chris Flexen as Seattle leads that game four to one 
in New York. Uh, both our bets on Seattle looking good thus far. Speaking of Major League Baseball, let's take a look at some of the updated odds for, we'll start with the Cy Young races here, Scott, because both of these have shifted, some based on injury, some based on underperformance. And in the American League, uh, Garrett Cole has had a couple of starts where he has been bombed for the New York Yankees over the last month or so. And he has gone from having a minus in front of his name to being plus 275. Lance Lynn, a guy who was being bumped around on the scrap heap a couple of years ago, post Tommy John surgery for the Cardinals, minus 160. His teammate Carlos Rodon is four to one. It gets longer after that. Um, any value here for you on Cole or Rodon? Because I don't think I want to be betting Lance Lynn at uh, minus 160. Uh, no, and maybe Garrett Cole, if he has a couple of big wins here down the stretch for the New York Yankees in a playoff race, that's certainly going to stand out. It's, you know, to the voters, um, especially, you know, being in New York is definitely going to help. Uh, so I think that if he has a couple of these big starts down the stretch, Yankees are in a playoff race. Let's say they play against the Red Sox. They're chasing them down for the division. Garrett Cole goes eight shutout innings. Anything like that is going to sway some voters. So Garrett Cole is certainly uh, worth a look. Uh, curious to see, you know, Chris Bassett is a guy who leads the American League in wins, who's got a 3-1 ERA. Um, it could be a decent long shot bet. I don't think he has a chance because I think, you know, you have Cole, you have uh, Robbie Ray um, ahead of him uh, as well, and then certainly Lance Lynn. But Bassett's an interesting case. He's been very good for that Oakland A's team. A's will probably have to hold on to that wild card uh, for Bassett to get the consideration, but uh, they certainly have the capability of doing that. They are right in the middle of that race right now with whoever finishes second in the East, along with the Yankees and the Blue Jays and uh, the Seattle Mariners team that is given the Yankees uh, what for today. Over in the National League, it gets really interesting because Jacob deGrom had moved out to minus 300 at one point uh, to win this award. Yeah. And now... I mean, this field is as open as it could be. Walker Bueller is at the top of the board at plus 270. Zach Wheeler, Goss, uh, Kevin Gosman, Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, all fairly similar numbers there. Scherzer at 7-1 to in Los Angeles. And then we get down to Jacob deGrom at 15-1. to And I'm going to make you a case for Jacob deGrom because if he comes back in September and throws 30-plus innings for this team, if the Mets win the National League East and Jacob deGrom is the horse who rides them there, then I know he's only going to have 120, 130 innings under his belt, but they are elite innings that are going to be so far above and beyond what anyone else has been able to accomplish this year that I wonder if there's going to be a case with there being no other clear favorite for the National League Cy Young. If I can get 90 elite innings already in the bank with Jacob deGrom, and count on him getting some of those added on when he comes back. There's a reason it's 15 to one, Scott. There's a reason it's a longer shot because yeah. the health is, of course, a major question. But I can't look at any of the guys in front of him and say who I think has a really clear cut case to be the Cy Young winner. 
Uh, Walker Bueller would be that guy for me uh, just because he's 11 and two on the year with a 2.1 ERA. So, uh, you know, he improves that gets to 15 wins and then he has, you know, lowers his ERA to maybe even two or below. I think Walker Bueller definitely uh, deserves to be mentioned in terms of the National League Cy Young Award. But you're right. Jacob DeGrom does have the numbers for the innings that he did pitch. I'm concerned if we see him again this season. Uh, and if we do, and he does have, you know, two or three starts in which he puts up elite numbers, then yes, you can absolutely make the argument because no pitcher since 2018 has been better than Jacob DeGrom. And, and the numbers are just absolutely absurd. There was at one point this season, Adam, where he had more RBIs than runs allowed. Yes, Jacob DeGrom as a pitcher drove in more runs for the New York Mets than he had allowed other teams to score against him. That's how absurd this guy is. You know, that is an absolutely ridiculous number, Scott. And uh, I, I like to look at some of the advanced metrics on these guys. And, and right now, Jacob DeGrom doesn't have enough innings to qualify among starters, mm -hmm. but his XFIP, his uh, expected fielding independent percentage is 1.63. It is nearly three quarters of a run better than the next pitcher who uh, is Corbin Burns from Milwaukee. So it'll be fascinating to watch that race coming down here. Let's talk about National League MVP because I think it's pretty clear cut what's going to happen in the American League uh, with Shohei Otani. But the National League race has been thrown up into the air by the Fernando Tatis injury, by Ronald Acuna uh, and Jacob deGrom being hurt as well. Tatis is still minus 120. Do you think there's any value on Muncie Turner or I think I know the guy you're going to go to next, Freddie Freeman at 8-1? to one. Yeah, I like Freddie Freeman a lot. Uh, he's had a really good stretch here uh, over the past month or so, and the Braves are starting to get hot at the right time, and I can see Freeman continuing this hot stretch, and he's a guy who is certainly going to get the votes. Remember, he won the award last year. Uh, you know, Tatis is the guy, but if he's out, he's out. Muncie um, and Turner now playing on the same team could possibly uh, affect those odds. Bryce Harper is very interesting because his odds have been they've dropped dramatically over the past uh, month or so. So he's getting a lot of favor as well. But Freeman's a guy that I'm absolutely looking towards just because of, like I said, how hot Atlanta has been and how hot he has been over the past uh, several weeks. And if he can continue this streak, you know, Freddie Freeman's a guy that I like sprinkling on right now. Yeah, and by the way, uh, those numbers a little bit dated on uh, Bryce Harper. If I could still find 14 to 1, I would be rushing to drop money on that. But uh, our friends at DraftKings have them 5 to 1 right now, which I think makes a lot more sense with where the Philadelphia Phillies are here at the moment. We will bring it home with some more alternate win totals, this time from the NFC, as we talk more NFL when we come back here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and 
and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week i'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever i'm talking marcus dixon olympic gymnastics kane velasquez salacious super bowl level scandals Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Raise the stakes with BetMGM. It's the best time to sign up because they're giving new customers a shot at an easy 100 bucks. Register using code VSIN100 and win $100 in free bets when you place a $1 money line wager on the Cardinals or Royals and either team hits a home run. 
BetMGM is always ready to help you turn big plays into major paydays. Enjoy innovative parlay selection builders, daily promotions, boosted odds specials, and more. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use code VSIN100 to win $100 when you bet $1 on the Cardinals or Royals and either team hits a home run. Only at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, new customer offer, paid and free bets, eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This promotional offer is not available in Nevada. Stay tuned for the Green Zone here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com as they take you through all of your in-game betting opportunities throughout the remainder of your Saturday afternoon. We appreciate you spending some time with us on Betting Across America. Scott Seidenberg joins me, Adam Candy, as we dive back into the National Football League. We were talking earlier about some alternate win totals. So, essentially, are you willing to change the juice a little bit because you feel, in particular, that a team is going to be a lot better than the market thinks that they are or a lot worse than the market thinks they are. Uh, you're going to find some plus money on those. Or do you think that uh, you're wanting to change the juice just a little bit and you're willing to pay a little bit more to knock that number up or down one? That's what we're talking about here with the National Football Conference. We did the AFC earlier and we'll start in the NFC East uh, last year, Scott, it was a circus of a division and not for good reasons. <laughs> um, the Dallas Cowboys returned Dak Prescott. The Washington football team puts Ryan Fitzpatrick in place and the Giants and the Eagles still exist. Uh, the Cowboys are leading these totals at 10 on the high side, eight on the low side of the alternate win total. Washington, nine and a half, seven and a half. Giants, eight and six. Eagles, seven and a half, five and a half. Uh, your juice on these is going to vary wildly, of course, based on what you want. Uh, for instance, if you're going to bet the Cowboys over that 10, it's plus 175. You're going to bet them uh, to go over just eight wins. It is minus 275. Scott, what jumps out at you on the board here in the NFC East? Well, I think the Cowboys are the class of this division uh, right now with Dak Prescott coming back healthy. The addition of Dan Quinn to take over that defense certainly is, you know, a unit that needed to be improved. Uh, I think 10 and 7 does win this division. So 10 is a really good number. But if you want to chase that plus 175 to think that the Cowboys, can they get to that 11th win and finish 11 and 6? I think that's a greater possibility than them, you know, winning less than Eight games. So if you're looking at these alternate totals, if there was one that I liked more so than the other, it would be the Cowboys to go over that 10 win mark. But I do think 10 and seven, and that's the push protection you have there, is the 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 high water mark for the team that's going to win this division. Earlier on with the AFC, I gave you a bunch of leans that I like on overs. Uh, this is one that I like on an under, and I'm willing to get plus 175 uh, on this one. It's the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, even at that five and a half. Uh, this is a roster mm. that is in disarray. Uh, this is a coaching staff and a front office that is in disarray. Uh, there, there's a lot to not like about what's going on in Philadelphia. Uh, Jalen Hurts did show the ability to 
gained some yards on the ground to throw it up and uh, in some games where they were very far behind, get some yards in the air. But look, Devontae Smith is already injured uh, knee sprain. He is week to week. Key time for a guy like him to be missing reps with the first team. Uh, the defense uh, for the Eagles has a long, long way to go. Even as bad as this division is, I don't see it with the Eagles. I think 5-12 and 12 is a real possibility for this team. I think 4-13 and 13 is a possibility uh, for the Eagles at the plus 175 on Philadelphia over in the NFC North. Well, these were a lot more interesting, I think before the return of Aaron Rodgers. but now we of course can look at this division and order is restored. Uh, Scott, <laughs> as we look at Packers, 11, nine are the numbers 10, eight on the Vikings, eight and a half, six and a half on the bears, five and a half, three and a half on the lions. And just to give you an example, if you want the Packers to go over 11 wins, that's plus plus one forty. under nine wins plus two twenty. How about the NFC North? I think the Packers win this division. Uh, I said it, you know, with Aaron Rodgers back. Uh, I love Aaron Jones this year as well. If you're looking for a fantasy guy uh, or, or just looking to see someone a running back that you could predict to have a, a pretty good season looking at over yardage or touchdown totals. Uh, I, I really do think the Packers will win this division. 12 wins is a possibility. They were a 13-win team. Uh, now with the 17th game possibility, 12 and seven, 12 and 5 to get to that 17-game uh, mark, I think is very possible for this team it's plus 140 so it's not a lot of juice but uh, I do think that's very very doable and then in terms of one that actually has a very high juice and it's a complete shot in the dark is the Chicago Bears at eight and a half Uh, why not take a look at them if Justin Fields comes in and is as dynamic as people are expecting him to be take a stab at plus 200 on having the Bears win nine games this year It's the one that I like the most in this division, Scott. And here's the thing. Look at last year and the fact that this team went seven and nine, made the playoffs, but this team went seven and nine all while dealing with Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles as the two starting quarterbacks. That's how talented the rest of this roster is. This defense is still elite when healthy. You still have Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks leading the way. You still have a decent group in the back four, I, I don't see where the Bears are a team that we should be looking at them as, uh, you know, where the total is seven and a half on them. It's minus 120 to the under on the juice. Unless you're thinking that Andy Dalton is going to play two months of this season, unless you're thinking that Justin Fields really is not the real deal, then I don't see it uh, betting the Bears on an under. Uh, That's my lean on the over. If you were to ask me for uh, an alt where I was looking for an under on a win total in this division, uh, it's within the realm of possibility that the Vikings finish under eight wins. I don't think it's likely that they finish under eight wins, but that's the one that I would be looking at first. I can't bet any team under three and a half, even if they the Detroit Lions. Uh, for my money, the best division in football is the, ne- the NFC West. Let's go quickly, though, Jason, to the NFC South. I was jumping one uh, one too quickly there. The NFC South with the Buccaneers, the Saints, the Falcons, and the Carolina Panthers. Uh, the Bucks are the clear class of the division here, uh, Scott. And so 13 and 11, 10 and 8, 8 and a half, and si- uh, that is on the Saints at the 10 and 8. Eight and a half and six and a half on the Falcons, eight and a half and six and a half on the Carolina Panthers. 
to me, Falcons over eight and a half would be the play. Um, I'm not as high on the Saints. Their quarterback situation, obviously, in flux. Jameis Winston, who can't get through tackling pads. Uh, or you know, we'll see if Taysom Hill gets the uh, week one snaps for them. Uh, I think this is a good Falcons team. Uh, I really do. Um, uh, you know, even without Julio Jones, I really, you know, love what they did in the draft. And, and I certainly uh, like their quarterback. And I think that their alternate total of the over eight and a half is, is a very good possibility. So that would be my play in this division. I struggle to get all the way to eight with the Saints and playing an under. Uh, playing under nine feels reasonable to me uh, with this Saints team. Um, if the other under that is interesting to me is the Panthers at six and a half under plus 160. It's not as great a reward. I realize that Matt Rule now has a second year with Joe Brady in this system, but he also has Sam Darnold at quarterback. And mm -hmm. you have to take a much bigger leap than I'm willing to take to say that Sam Darnold is just going to go to a new system and everything's going to be okay uh, down in Carolina. It's an average offensive line. He does have uh, a weapon in Christian McCaffrey coming back to use here, but um, th that is a brutal, and I mean brutal, finishing schedule for the Carolina Panthers to have to deal with Buffalo, Tampa twice, and then at New Orleans. Uh, so the Carolina Panthers under six and a half, I think, is a reasonable possibility. Now to the West, where we have everyone's darling Super Bowl contender, the Rams, uh, my favorite, the San Francisco 49ers, and then the Seahawks and the Cardinals. Rams 11.5, 9.5. That's the same for the Niners. 11 and 9 on the Seahawks, 9.5, 7.5 on the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, there's really no attractive number here. <laughs> These alternate totals. Uh, the Seahawks could be a possibility to go, um, you know, maybe under nine, but that's such a disappointing season for a team that I do expect uh, to be competitive. So I can't say that they're going to, you know, win only eight games. I don't like that at all. Um, the 49ers, definitely attractive to me. Um, I, I, I hope to see Trey Lance sooner rather than later, um, but we don't know what's going to happen with their quarterback situation. All signs are pointing to Garoppolo starting in week one. Um, 11 and a half, nine and a half, decent alternate numbers. The Rams, same thing. Cardinals uh, over nine and a half could be a, a sneaky good play. 10 and seven could be uh, the low team in this division. And so the Cardinals very talented now. Uh, J.J. Watt, of course, Hopkins and I think uh, Cardinals over nine and a half would be the one that I would pick out, but there's really not an attractive number for these alternates. So when I'm talking about these numbers, I'm talking about where I think the, it, just potential value is not where I think the outcome yeah. is because when we talk about alternates, we have to be honest that we're talking about ends of the spectrum outcomes for these teams. And so I'll be looking both to Seattle and the Cardinals on their unders. Um, I am not totally sold on Kyler Murray as the leader of that Cliff Kingsbury offense. I'm not totally sold on Cliff Kingsbury coaching and his late game decisions as well uh, mm. with the Seahawks. Look, Pete Carroll has made clear they're going to run the football. And if they're going to run the football, then they're going to take the football out of Russell Wilson's <laughs> hands. And keep in mind, this division is a slog. This division is going to be challenging for those two teams at the bottom because the Niners are going to be outstanding and the Rams should be very, very good even if Matthew Stafford isn't everything that people have made him out to be making the move over to Sean McVay. So I'd be looking at both of those unders as my values in that division. Scott, 
this was fun. We've never done it before, but you know what? I think we're going to do it again soon. So let's enjoy uh, good. Enjoy a good Saturday, and we will talk to you soon. The Green Zone coming up here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.